Hello, and welcome to episode three of the Christina Rienzi Show. If you're new here, I'm Christina Rienzi, best-selling and award-winning author of Among Us and Five Happy Choices, The Simple Way to a Happier Life. I'm also a certified professional coach and clinical psychologist in training. Thank you for being here. This is part two of my Overcoming Superwoman Syndrome series. Last week, I talked about Superwoman Syndrome, what it is, how to know if you have it, and some things to think about that are affecting you in the areas that are included in Superwoman Syndrome, which are people-pleasing, workaholism, and self-neglect. I ended the episode by saying I wanted you to think about those things that were paining you in those areas of workaholism, people-pleasing, and self-neglect. So take a moment to reflect on those things, what they are, and bring them to top of mind right now so we can dive into the areas of superwoman syndrome and you can have those in mind and consider what you might do moving forward. Today, we are gonna talk about each of the components of superwoman syndrome that I just mentioned. We are gonna dive into what they are, what we can do to overcome them, and how to overcome them. And overcoming them comes down to two critical things choices and boundaries keep in mind superwoman syndrome if it resonates with you it is ingrained in who we are it is part of our identity so you must give yourself grace when you're making life changes you do that one choice at a time and you keep going until it becomes a habit and part of who you are there is no failure on this road only speed of progress we keep moving forward okay so let's dive into superwoman syndrome so the first component of superwoman syndrome i want to talk to you about is workaholism the term workaholism was coined in 1971 by minister and psychologist wayne oates who described workaholism as the compulsion or uncontrollable need to work incessantly does this sound familiar to anybody does to me. Similarly, the American Psychological Association defines workaholism as the compulsive need to work and to do so to an excessive degree. So very um, similar to Wayne Oates. They're right on the same page, very similar definition. So basically, a workaholic is someone who has trouble refraining from work. Now, this may seem like Okay, maybe that isn't me. I definitely don't work all the time, right? Well, I'm not just talking about your day job or your side gig or your housework. I'm talking about living in a perpetual state of productivity from sunup to sundown. When there's downtime, you are moving. You're not resting. You are doing things like cleaning the closet, organizing the pantry, purging, anything and everything. You are doing, doing, doing. Does this sound familiar now? It definitely does to me. So now that we know what workaholism is, how do we overcome it? How do we move past workaholism? Well, the opposite of work is rest, right? So we have to choose to rest intentionally. This sounds really easy, but it actually isn't. And it especially isn't for the workaholic who is in a perpetual state of movement. So 
How do we rest intentionally? Well, we schedule relaxation like we schedule a meeting. In fact, we schedule relaxation first. Everything else gets scheduled around your rest periods. So what does that look like? That looks like scheduling breaks on your calendar and holding yourself to them. It looks like using that time to rest in whatever way that works for you. So maybe it is a traditional rest, like a nap. Maybe it's reading. It could be being outside in nature. Whatever slows you down so you can breathe. Think about that. What is going to slow you down so you can just breathe and just be, right? And this rest period could be five minutes. It could be 15 minutes. It could be an hour. It's however long you need to just be, okay? And if you feel like you're too busy to rest, you really need to take a minute to reassess your responsibilities. Look at that to-do list again and give yourself some room for rest. So what I want to highlight for you is something called the four D's of productivity or time management. They were created by Jack Canfield in the power of focus book. And this really resonated with me. And when I heard about this, I thought this is such an easy and simple way to make room in your calendar and, and whittle down that to-do list. So you have time to rest. You know, we're all so busy. We talk about that. You know, we have this superwoman hanging over our head. Um, and you know, we really need to think about how can we make changes to what we're doing to move us forward toward a healthier and a happier life and psychological wellness. So what I want you to do is take out your to-do list or create a fictional to-do list, right? Number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And what might that look like, right? Okay, I have to do the laundry. I need to do the dishes. I have to go food shopping. I have my day job. I have my kids, my husband, whatever. There are just a list of endless tasks and priorities. And what I want you to do for each item, and whether you do it now or, or you do it with a future list, make note, is identify each item as one of the four Ds. And these Ds are delete, delegate, defer, or do. Okay? And there's a series of questions you're going to ask yourself to determine if you're going to delete the item, you're going to delegate the item, you're going to defer the item, or you're going to do the item. Okay? And here are the questions you're going to ask yourself. The first question you're going to ask is, does this need to be done? If the answer is yes, it stays on the list. Okay? And if the answer is no, you delete it. So no, it doesn't need to be done. Great. Delete that item. If yes, this does need to be done, you have to then ask yourself the question, am I the only one who can do this? If the answer is no, you will delegate it to another person. If the answer is yes, I'm the only one that can do this, you have to ask yourself the question, does it have to be done right now? If the answer is no, you want to defer it to a later date. If the answer is yes, I'm the only one that has to do it. It needs to be done and it needs to be done right now. Then guess what? You're going to do it, but you're only going to do what's absolutely necessary to be done right now and only by you. So this frees up your schedule so you can rest and you can add rest time in. So now you've whittled down your to-do list significantly by deleting, deferring, and delegating items and only doing what is for you to do and right now. 
The next piece of workaholism is something that is also difficult for many of us to do, and especially the workaholic. It's called embracing imperfection. You want to recognize that you're human, so be human. Give yourself grace. Let it go. I mean, I say this often, you know, when I walk into the room that my toddler has destroyed and, you know, frozen with Elsa and Anna, maybe on in the background because she loves that. I say it often, let it go. You know what? You just have to walk away from some things. Your house doesn't have to be clean 24-7. Dinner doesn't have to be ready at 6 p.m. on the dot. Your laundry will be there tomorrow. I promise you that. And guess what? There is no perfect employee, no perfect business owner, mom, wife, etc. It doesn't exist. It's not real. It's important for you to release your stress for your mental and physical health. So make it a priority. Take time to relax and enjoy your life. It goes by way too fast. Now, I also would like to add a workaholism affirmation. Affirmations are so helpful and they're psychologically proven to increase your mood and to help with your mental health and your mood and your confidence and your self-love and all of those things. So what I want you to do is write this down and I want you to write down your affirmation and it says, I will rest, reassess and release stress. So I want you to write that down and I want you to say that in times of need and you can say it with me now. I will rest, reassess and release stress. Use this affirmation when you feel like workaholism is taking hold. It's very simple. You just have to say, I will rest, reassess and release stress. And it will remind you of how important it is to prioritize your relaxation time. Okay, so on to the next component of superwoman syndrome, people pleasing. People pleasing. Can you relate just by the the term? I mean, certainly I can. You know, it sounds great. You know, I please people. I make people happy. How wonderful, right? People love you if you're a people pleaser. Uh, People pleasing involves putting someone else's needs before your own. Well, that doesn't sound so great, right? It sounds it sounds like the word people pleasing sounds good till you hear that. It's putting other people before yourself. Okay, so there's a little bit of, well, that's what I like to do. That's who I am. I'm a mom. I'm a caregiver. Okay, I get that. But, and by the way, there's positive reinforcement here for people pleasers, right? Because you are seen as an agreeable, helpful, and kind person. Now, isn't that great? People just love you. You are kind, helpful, and agreeable. However, the other side of that, the shadow self, the shadow side is that people pleasers have trouble advocating for themselves. So what happens is, You're in this pattern of putting everyone else before yourself. You're so kind. Everybody loves you. They come to you and you're always saying yes and helpful, but it leads to a harmful pattern of self-sacrifice and self-neglect, which is not good for your psychological well-being or your physical health. So how do we overcome people pleasing? Again, not so easy for the people pleaser. We enjoy making other people happy. We enjoy doing for others. And we see it as a sacrifice isn't such a bad thing, right? To do something for other people. We do give up our needs for others, but it weighs on us and it does affect us. So it is something we have to consider. What happens over time is we get frustrated and angry because we're giving of ourselves so much and we don't have time for the things we enjoy. And it really does take its toll. So how do we overcome people pleasing? Well, people pleasing is about saying yes. And the opposite of yes is no. It seems very simple. 
but it is not. It is something that we need to make a conscious choice about and we need to determine that we're going to get control of our lives. We need to say no. So yeah, I say it's not, it's not easy. Emotionally, it's not easy. It's easy to do, but we have to work ourselves up and we have to understand the reason behind why we're saying no. When we understand the reason why we're saying no, we will say no much easier. It won't be so difficult. So just to say, say no, not so easy, but let me tell you, how to say no and why okay it's called boundaries so we need to have boundaries in our life we need to know our limits and we need to communicate them people don't know what we're going through and if we're always saying yes and we're always there and we're agreeable they assume that this is good thing for us that it makes us happy and we're okay doing it and you know what maybe at the outset we are but when we continue on that way like i said it weighs on us physically and mentally so for boundaries, we need to know our limits and we need to communicate them. Like I said, we have to tell people how we're feeling and what's going on in, in our lives so they understand. For example, we can say to, say to someone, you know what? I'm sorry, I can't help you. I don't work after dinner on the weekends. And maybe, you know, I didn't pick up the phone because I don't answer the phone at the dinner table. And it's not as much about explaining everything to everyone, but it's knowing your boundary and why. You have to know where you stand and who you are and what's important to you. And you have to determine if working on the weekends, working at night after your day job, answering the phone at the dinner table, these are just examples, are things you're okay with. And if you're not, you've got to set that boundary and let people know. So when something is asked of you and someone asks you to do something for them, and you really want to say yes, because you want to be that people pleaser helper, but you know it's not a good idea, it doesn't serve you, you can tell the person that maybe either you're only available for a specific time period, okay, I can, I can talk to you at this particular time for a half hour, or I'm only available on certain days at certain times. So give yourself boundaries around when you're available for others and tell other people that, communicate it, they'll understand. Immediate responses to say yes. If that's your immediate instinct, what you need to do is insert a boundary there and just pause button. And we'll talk about that in a second. So, and I always say when you're making a decision on yes or no, do I say yes or no to something? It really needs to be an emphatic hell yes or it's a no, okay? If it's not an absolute yes, definitely you're psyched about it, you're pumped up, it's a no. Learning to say no is very important, okay? Because it just gives you space in your life to be happy and do the things you love. And in order to say no more easily, you're gonna start by doing something easy and saying no to things that you don't wanna do or don't have the time to do. So if people ask you to do something you don't wanna do or you don't have the time to do, say no to those things. That's an easy first step to getting used to saying no. Also, really important, decide what means something to you. What's important to you? Those are the things you want to say yes to. So maybe it's something related to your family or your friends or your passion. Maybe there's a charity you're involved with. Those are the things you're going to say yes to, but you're going to say no to everything else. Okay, this is giving yourself the gift of control over your life and time back in your day with less stress. I promise you, you will be better for yourself and others when you're not burnt out and at the bottom of your own list. You need to be priority. So you wanna start small. Say no to a text request first, and then work up telling someone in person. I mentioned pause before, and I wanna get back to that. When you're not sure what to say, you're confused, maybe you wanna say yes, and your immediate reaction is yes, just pause and say, I'll get back to you on that. Take time to consider the pros and cons, right? Consider what's important to you. What serves your life? What serves your mental health? 
Is saying yes in line with who you are? Is it in line with who you're becoming? What is meaningful in your life? What feeds your soul? What are the things that bring you joy? So knowing who you are and what is important to you, what you want to stand for, what your purpose is, those are the things that will make decision-making easily. You can say no to things that aren't for you. You can devote your time and energy to what really matters. So something simple like picking a word that defines your life. So for example, I might pick the word inspire, right? And empower, because those are the things that mean something to me. So I use those words to make important decisions. If something is inspiring and empowering and it's helpful and it fits, I might say yes to that. If it's not, I might say no. And I have to consider those things along the lines with my priorities. And this is how you do it. You think about what's important to you, who you are, what's meaningful. You say yes to those things. You say no to everything else. The more you do it, it becomes easier. And the more you do it, the more people realize that you are a helpful, kind, and wonderful person, but you're not a people pleaser. You care and love yourself and put priority on your life too, which is really important. And most importantly as well, to think about it, when you say no to the less important things, you have time to say yes to what's really important to you. So saying no to others is saying yes to yourself. This isn't selfish. This is self-love. This is self-care. And this allows you to be there for the people that you care about most. So to be there for others, you need to take care of yourself first. This is, like I said, a form of self-care and self-love. So along the lines of the affirmation, When you find people pleasing is taking over, write this down for you to repeat. I will make choices that serve my greatest good. So you can say this with me now. I will make choices that serve my greatest good. Write this down and say it when you're finding that people pleasing is taking over. I will make choices that serve my greatest good. And that is how you will move forward. So you need to give yourself grace on this one as the other ones as well. But this is really rough because people pleasing tends to be ingrained in our personality as well. And it's difficult to shy away from. As you shift into the person you're becoming and making choices that best serve you and please you and aid in your happiness and mental health, you need to give yourself grace and give yourself the strength to move forward through this because... It's not perfect, like nothing is, and you will make strides towards your goal. And you may say yes more than you like, but you'll get to the point where you're saying no more often and you have space in your in your life for you to take care of yourself, which is really important. Which leads me to the last piece of workaholism that I want to discuss, which is self-neglect. So self-neglect, by definition, is simply a failure to take care of yourself. It could be mentally, it could be physically, emotionally, socially, spiritually. Any way that steals your well-being and happiness is a form of self-neglect. It's the opposite of self-care and self-love. And we don't often realize that we're even engaging in self-neglect. But when we don't do the things that bring us joy, it is a form of self-neglect. So how do we overcome self-neglect? Well, self-care, which is the opposite of self-neglect, can be whatever it means to take care of yourself. And it seems really simple, but it's something that's very personal and something you need to think about. It could be resting. It could be watching your favorite show. Maybe it's spending time with a friend, going for a manicure, reading, listening to music, going for a long drive alone, taking a walk, reading an uplifting book, or, you know, exercising. Whatever feeds your soul, that is self-care. Self-care is personal. And it's also one piece of the real cure for self-neglect. 
which is self-love. So self-love is deeper and it's about recognizing your self-worth, being kind towards yourself and fostering your self-growth throughout the course of your entire life. This isn't a one-time thing. This is always. Self-love is the foundation for self-care. So if you find yourself struggling with self-love, you are not alone. Many of us were never taught to love ourselves. We were taught how to care and love others, right? So when you want to practice self-love, it might be uncomfortable at first. It's not something that you're used to doing. And I want you to just imagine, I'm going to give you something really simple to do to practice some self-love. Imagine your best friend or your child has come to you with a problem. It is the problem you are facing. They are very upset and they need some comfort and guidance. What would you say to them? Whatever you would say to them, it's really simple. It's time to start saying those things to yourself in times of need. That's the start of self-love, self-care, and the antidote for self-neglect. It may seem counterintuitive, but it is true that you must put your needs first and be there for yourself above all so you can be there for the ones you love. And along the lines of the affirmations, we're going to do another one. We're going to do this one for the self-love and self-care. And you're going to write this down. And it's going to say, I love myself and I will make self-care a priority. So now I want you to say it with me. I love myself and I will make self-care a priority. So in times of need, when you find you're neglecting yourself and putting yourself last on your to-do list, make sure you say, I love myself and I will make self-care a priority. And that is something I want you to practice. These affirmations, practice these steps you can take to combat superwoman syndrome, to move you on the path to psychological well-being. And what I want to say in summary here, just to wrap everything up for you, is I want you to recognize what superwoman syndrome is. Okay, It's a combination of workaholism, people-pleasing, and self-neglect. And when you're falling into that trap of superwoman syndrome and everything's coming together and you're just feeling like you're underwater and you keep drowning, take off your cape. Just take off your cape. Superwoman isn't real. She's a fictional character. She is not your role model. And trying to be her isn't possible, sustainable, or healthy. And remember, to combat workaholism, people-pleasing, and self-neglect, it's all up to you and the choices you make moment to moment. Most importantly, two things I'll leave you with that will help you in all areas of superwoman syndrome and your life is say no to most things and say yes to the things that fire you up, feed your soul, warm your heart, and move you forward in life as a human being. Let it go to perfectionism. It is not real. It is not achievable. And instead, embrace the imperfect human you are and give yourself grace. Remember, you are doing the very best you can with what you know and what you have. When you start to make these changes, you may feel some guilt, but it will be replaced with confidence, courage, and reinforcement of your mental health and happiness. And it gets easier over time. So the final affirmation I want you to write down is, I choose to say no, let it go, and take off the cape. So I want you to say it with me now. I choose to say no, let it go, and take off the cape. There are choices you can make to make your mental health a priority. Say no and let it go and take off that cape. Finally, remember, just because you can do it all does not mean you should. So that is it for my final segment on superwoman syndrome. I hope that it was helpful to you. 
And as always, thank you so much for being here with me to support me and sharing your time with me. Um, If you find this is helpful, I would love it if you would share the podcast with others, rate, review, follow, whatever, uh, you know, is helpful to you. And as I said before, show up, just keep coming back every week to listen. And I hope that, you know, I can help you in any way. From my heart to yours, have a happy and healthy week ahead.